podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader. And I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Welcome if you are new here. What you are about to hear is a audio version of a astrology forecast that I shared to my YouTube channel, Sabrina Monarch, so you can also see it on video there. And this podcast is a place where I share both these forecasts as well as interview conversations with people that I find inspiring. Hey, this is Sabrina Monarch of Monarch Astrology, bringing you the astrology forecast for September 1st to 7th, 2021. This week we have a new moon in Virgo, which is a follow-up to some significant planetary tensions of Mars in Virgo opposite Neptune in Pisces and Venus in Libra square Pluto in Capricorn. Within these transits, I'm going to highlight a common thread around avoidance and the potential liberatory quality, um, liberating energy and vitality by leaning into what it is we are avoiding This can be as mundane as avoiding a household chore um, or, you know, you're procrastinating in some way to as existential as avoiding a aspect of yourself that you'd rather not look at. For Mars opposite Neptune, there's a thread around overwhelm, feeling like the challenge is too numinous. You know, Mars Neptune always brings to mind for me water sports, surfing, sailing, and the idea that, you know, we can harmonize with the water, the ocean, um, as that represents source or, you know, a much larger force than us. Or if we try to fight it, you know, it's, it's really hard to fight the sea. And then for Venus square Pluto, there could be avoidance around claiming our shadow content, um, and then projecting it outward. And Virgo, the sign where our new moon is, is about tending to the details, things we may find cumbersome, but are actually portals into simply being here in this life more uh, deeply. So Virgo relates to these details, these kind of particularities. And in Pisces, we get to be in this space of everything's okay, everything's working out, trust the flow, let go and let God, you know, and that's one dimension of our existence. But then there's also the side where we have to put one foot in front of the other, take steps or show up for whatever it is that we are being tasked or asked to do um, that helps keep life in flow and in function. So you know that meme where there's like a dog drinking coffee or something in a room that's on fire and the dog's just like, everything's fine. You know, that's kind of like Virgo neglect. Like there is something that needs to be tended to. There is this house on fire. What are we going to do? 
Is this a moment to let go and let God, you know, and it's an interesting tension because of the other extreme when there's too much Virgo, we can be hypervigilant um, and unable to receive the cosmic flow of like higher forces of energy, which would actually um, be more like that image I was using earlier of surfing, where you're showing up for the particular um, act, you know, like there's particular skills that go into surfing. I wouldn't know personally. Uh, I have never surfed, but I know it's not something that you just hop on and do like it's a skill. Um, but then you're carried by this larger wave. So there's some kind of collaboration between our effort and grace. And this week may offer breakthroughs um, as we look our resistance right in the face. At a more alchemical level, the philosophy and practice of existential kink via Carolyn Elliott comes to mind literally going so far as to get off on the little patterns that we enact or that we, you know, are consistently engaging or feel are coming our way. Um, these things that we hate, which is to then, you know, if we get off to that radically claim the shadow content, we normally try to run away from at the conscious level, but like on some level unconsciously, um, so I was just kind of engaged in this, um, in this way of, I write these forecasts on Saturday. I write the intro and record on Monday. So I have this little window of time in between. Um, and so I was thinking about avoidance, right. And really disliking the experience of disappointment and wanting anything, but to not experience that. And so when I actually went as far as to indulge in getting off on my disappointment, I ended up laughing a lot and seeing, um, just that deeper part of me that likes it. <laughs> and, you know, a part of me actually really hates it. Like I don't want to be disappointed. Right. Um, but there was an alchemical portal in that, you know, all the different ways I try to run from disappointment, all the ways I try to create circumstances that, you know, will make my dreams come true or something, you know, and just to like actually dive into oh, this feeling state that I hate, you know, and this part of my life that I hate, but just to like fully drop into it. So here's a, a quote from an introduction to her work in existential kink. I'll leave the link um, from Carolyn Elliott. So it was a longer essay, but I just took this portion as a way to kind of like transmit the, the energy of it. Everything you don't like in your life is only there because a shadowy unconscious part of you finds it deeply entertaining. Not just entertaining, but compelling, fascinating, hot. Yes, I mean everything. The money hangups, the romantic hangups, the disappointments with friends, the career frustrations, the creative blocks, all the personal don't like situations. All of them arise out of unconscious enjoyments that we've driven into our shadow because they're not socially acceptable. Unconscious enjoyments of very taboo things like scarcity, rejection, and humiliation. 
And the news from the Holy Grail of the ecstatic mother is this. You can easily get everything you want in life if only you're willing to truly deliberately get off on the situations you don't like. Wait, what? You're saying if I'm experiencing scarcity, rejection, humiliation, it's because some part of me likes it? That's fucked up. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And no, it's not really fucked up. It's just human nature. We're wired to attach pleasure to frustration so that our psyches can endure the frustration. There's nothing special or unique about secretly savoring feeling wronged by the world. We all do it. It's just that those of us who are willing to own up to it have the power to do something about it. Specifically, we have the power to actually evolve our consciousness. So that's from Carolyn Elliott, and I'll leave the link to the longer form article below. So before I get into our week and all these different forms of, there's some tensions this week, right? So we're going to talk about that and some ways to lean in. Um, I'm going to share a few announcements. One is that you can get on my mailing list. That is a great way to stay in touch with me. Find out when my courses are open for enrollment, which the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive, by the way, is. Um, it's a way to get the forecast delivered to you every week in written form with the link to the YouTube as well. And you can also find me on Instagram at Sabrina Monarch. I like to, you know, come onto stories and talk um, and share posts there. So, you know, you can follow me there. Uh, the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive is beginning again in November. Enrollment is currently open, and this is a comprehensive deep dive online course giving you the foundations to evolutionary astrology. I designed this course some years back, and it just keeps getting better and better. Um, I designed it to be like a portal or an initiation into having a deep personal relationship with astrology, something where you're mapping your own inner world, your own experiences to the language of astrology so that it's not just um, something out there, something abstract, but something that's deeply felt um, and that you can connect to all of the archetypes and the planets, um, regardless of how prominent they are in your chart. We do learn, um, of course, the technical stuff. We dive into Pluto and the lunar nodes and get deeper into aspect theory even. Um, but there's an overall kind of pulse of the course that's, I think, very humanistic, very transpersonal. Um, and it is a pretty beloved course. If you read the course page with the student testimonials, you'll see just how deeply transform transformational it's been. Um, so you can find the link to the course page um, where you can read more and enroll in the notes. And of course, you can reach out to me over email, sabrina at monarchastrology.com. If you have personal questions for how this course might connect to where you are in your astrology journey. It is an all levels course. Um, it is stimulating for advanced students. Um, and it's also comprehensive and introductory enough for beginners. Uh, I would say that the course, you know, if you're watching this forecast, if you interact with my work, you're in the field of resonance for this course. You know, it's like there's a kind of way that I speak about astrology um, that you pick up from the forecasts, um, and that's explored in like a building block fundamentals um, entrance into like how you can be fluent in this language for yourself here in this course. 
And then my novel, The Garden of Sleeping Hammers, is out. Um, you can purchase it right now through Barnes and Noble, hardcover or paperback that is also linked in the notes. So let me get back to our week. So September 2nd, 2021, by the, I always say the year like over and over again, because a little part of me is like neurotic that someone will find this video like in a year that's not 2021 and like mistake it or something, which is probably just silly. <laughs> I don't have to keep saying the year. September 2nd, Mars in 22 degrees of Virgo, opposite Neptune retrograde in 22 degrees of Pisces at 10.43 a.m. Pacific. Consider these two opposing directions that a Mars-Neptune transit can file into. Right? So there's many different directions that Mars-Neptune can go, but I want to create um, a binary for our purposes here. One is that the will and vitality is weakened or the will and vitality is boosted through aligning with some greater force, something transpersonal, something cosmic. In the signs of Virgo and Pisces, we could look at some of these possibilities. Energy diminishes or the will is weakened as we experience overwhelm about basic tasks and chores of life or within a particular arena um, of life or tasks that we are specifically avoiding. So this is all kind of Virgo stuff. The more we are in avoidance, the more we have a tendency to go to the other, you know, the opposition here of Virgo and Pisces. If we're avoiding on the Virgo side, then the Pisces side of the pendulum is about, you know, retreating inward, getting into this dream trance escapist state where we feel inept, overwhelmed, victimized, etc. and continue to neglect that which we are avoiding. Right? So this can look like procrastination. There's something specifically and sometimes procrastination I admit can be generative. Like if I really raise the stakes of what I'm working toward and my procrastination looks like doing other things I normally procrastinate doing, then at least it's raising the the bar or something. But all the same, it's like that interesting just kind of way of like you could be working on a project, you could be taking care of the home, but all you want to do is binge Netflix or um, just go for a walk or something like that. And while we do need rest and we do need restoration, Think about when these two things are split, where it's like the overwhelm that you feel related to not doing something that you don't want to do is like sending you into this escapee kind of place. And we may particularly retrieve energy or vitality through facing what it is we are avoiding. With Mars and Virgo, the personal will may be tasked at this moment to become more discerning, clear, or skillful in relationship to a situation we perceive as colossal, overwhelming, or nebulous, Neptune and Pisces. So this is actually also relating to victim mindset, where we feel like we're just inept, too overwhelmed, we can't do it, um, and we're really kind of like 
hit over by that tidal wave and it's just like, no, like I can't do it too much, like that kind of energy. And that's different than taking responsibility for the situation in some way, which is going to be facing the thing. Um, It could even look like asking for help. You know, if you're the kind of person who is like takes pride on doing everything by yourself or being super self-reliant, your avoidance may look like um, asking for help. Right. Or if you're the kind of person who's always asking other people for help um, in ways that at some level is you abdicating your responsibility in the situation and trying to have other people take care of it, then what you're avoiding looks different, right? So it's kind of thinking about what's the missing piece of the theme that you're weaving. If we are experiencing Mars and Virgo opposite Neptune and Pisces, in a more harmonized and integrated way. So we're looking at the will with Mars and this like cosmic, nebulous, universal, mysterious, transpersonal force of Neptune. So Neptune brings, you know, Neptune is like the water of the unconscious. Neptune is source, Neptune's spirit. It is um, our most like flushed and rich and just like religious experiences or transpersonal experiences of oneness and it's also the sense of dissolving or disillusion or disillusionment um or you know being caught up in fantasy like working with neptune like encountering neptune is a pretty um massive and oceanic experience so again the surfing you know personal will collective um universal will are at some kind of dynamic tension this week So if this dynamic tension is being, you know, kind of well integrated in that sense of there's not just this uh, compulsive ping pong match between them, but there's like a bigger thing that can hold both. This here can look like having spiritual discernment, having spiritual experiences that are simultaneous to mundane experiences, like feeling the energy clearing um, when you take care of clutter you know, house witchery kind of stuff. Um, Tending to our life from a place of reverence, care and devotion, as well as discernment around service, how to give from a place of alignment and empowerment as opposed to escapism through service or martyrdom. A common way that Mars-Neptune aspects show up is also through more vivid dreams. Neptune relates to dreams and Mars can spike dream activity and swell up dream images to a place of them being more striking, hitting, impactful, vivid, essentially. This may be an especially beneficial time to resource forms of magic, like surrounding yourself with light in a visualization state or tuning into universal energies of compassion and love. I would say, however, this can just go back and forth to the avoidance pattern. If there's something that we're avoiding and we just go straight into cocooning ourselves in light and never face the thing, you know, then we're in some sense misusing that. And a lot of people will criticize, you know, new age stuff or, um, 
love and light, all that kind of stuff that they'll deeply critique it, which is such a Virgo thing because it's like, well, you're avoiding the facts of life. You're avoiding reality. You're neglecting, you know, the darker side of life and all of that. And it's like, what if this dynamic tension was actually held better where it's like you resource yourself with that level of restoration and comfort And then from that nourished state, come back out into facing what it is that set up the need even to create that cocoon of light. So consider how it fits into the overall energetics of your life. You know, does cocooning yourself in this way? And so if you don't know what I'm talking about here, um, visualization is a practice. I think that the more we do it, as the years compound, we become more skillful magicians in the realm of visualization. So visualization can be um, imagining like a golden light, you know, or a color of light that feels resonant to you or aligns with like a chakra that you want to be emphasizing or whatever. But let's just say like a golden light and you surround yourself in it at night before you fall asleep. Um, as a kind of way to, um, you know, we close our bedroom door, we like create a vibe and like go off into sleep. This is just an energetic, magical layer of like putting yourself to bed, right? Or giving yourself relaxation. So might this help you fall asleep at night? Does it translate to you bringing more love and compassion to your relationships or how you tend to basic details of your life? Right. So another thing is like um, visualizing how like what kind of energy you want to bring into a phone conversation before you pick up um, or before you make the call. And so seeing um, seeing it before it happens or like for me with communication stuff, one really powerful visualization that came to me in a dream um, was like feeling all my energy centers align and just this like blue channel come up through my body and out through my mouth. Like it felt like a fountain. Um, and that sense of like visualizing a free open throat chakra. These little visualizations, you know, they're magic essentially. So you can come up with those kinds of visualizations to support you and to kind of realign your energy. And it's interesting along the Virgo Pisces axis, Um, there's a way that people can like one of the, the balances that's strange, you know, that I've observed experienced, like it's just part of this axis is that there can be an abusive side of the Virgo Pisces axis, um, Victim consciousness uh, exists on this axis, not exclusively, but it does, Um, you know, like because Virgo tends to like look up um, and see itself as less than or be in situations where others are looking down, you know, as though you are less than, you know, or you are critical of your own creativity, for example, and you're you're diminishing it or um you know, Pisces does this too in terms of pedestalizing and idealizing 
So we could be in a completely dysfunctional situation or dysfunctional relationship, but really see the best in the other person, see their higher self, you know? And so no matter how they show up, we're not looking at that Pisces, you know, there's like a blind, uh, well, I don't even use that word. There's like a, um, not looking at, right. And then with Virgo, there's, a an avoidance of, so we might continue the relationship. And so I, I remember hearing this once and it stuck with me that some people who had developed like really, um, deep skills with meditation, and kind of like inner peace were actually like in these um, dysfunctional relationships and their spiritual practice was for a time just helping them stay in a dysfunctional relationship because they had all of these energetic tools to alchemize and metabolize the thing that they were engaged in that wasn't actually aligned. So what I see with this kind of cocooning magical process is that it can make you stronger. It can resource you with universal energy. But if you're using that to maintain the status quo of a dysfunctional situation, it's like not, not the best. Right. And so we'll have these moments if that's the practice that we're in, like, let's say, we are in some kind of crisis Virgo situation and we work with magic and opening to spirit and we resource ourselves in that way. Eventually, the deeper alchemy is not just coping. It's making a change in the situation. And this can take time. It can be immediate. It really depends on where you are. But I wanted to just highlight that energetic of like, when we're cocooning ourselves and creating like a spiritual, like safe zone for ourselves, um, it's going to, to play with that tension of like the Virgo side, what we're avoiding, where's their dysfunction, where's their need for alignment and greater self accuracy. So in states of active trauma or dysregulation, cocooning into a safe place may be a way to resource ourselves back to a neutral place or like a well-resourced place. This kind of retreat, as I was saying, can be misused. However, um, if it becomes a way to wall ourselves off from life or from situations that we could grow through or be courageous, Mars in a more integrated way, cocooning or surrounding ourselves with light is an integral part of how we participate in the world. Present with a greater spiritual resource as opposed to being mired in our untended anxiety and fear, right? And so that's important in this cultural climate as well, in the sense that um, a lot of people's nervous systems are really deeply taxed, you know, like the, it's the age of information, um, we are present to not just our local news or like local environment anymore, but we're present privy to the suffering of the globe um, at a much more um, immediate level in terms of the information that we have access to. And bearing that in mind, and I literally mean that, bearing that information in mind, uh, that's a lot for the nervous system. And so I think that this process, you know, this dynamic tension where there's some people that are like 
deep in the front lines of facing these things. Um, and there's a burnout that can come from that and often, um, a need for spiritual practice, right? Or there's people that go off into their own magical spiritual realm. And that's deeply criticized by the people that are really holding the pole of being present for the, the calamities in the world. And I think that there's an interesting, like, what if the way that we cocoon and resource ourselves with universal energy, like that energy is essentially going to work us at a psycho-spiritual level, right? Like it, having greater love and greater energy can show us parts of ourselves that have been untended, for example, or it can show us our shadow content. And I just think there's something particularly magical about going into those places and resourcing ourselves and then showing up in community, in relationship with that um, universal energy that we are tapped into. So that's what I'll say about Mars and Virgo opposite Neptune and Pisces for now, but just that sense of thinking about that tension between Virgo and Pisces inherently and how that's connected right now to uh, feeling boosted in energy potentially when we feel like love essentially when we feel compassion pulsing through us versus um, how draining um, our fear um, or avoidance can be at this time then September 4th Mercury in seven degrees of Libra will try and Saturn retrograde in seven degrees of Aquarius at 6 30 p.m. And there may be a seriousness in the field right? Like Mercury, Saturn, Saturn is a, a more sobering energy, um, that is also very idealistic, value-driven and innovative. We're talking Aquarius, like envisioning who we want to be or what kind of world we want to live in and considering how we would actually align with that vision and experimenting with new forms of expression. There could also be a pulse around translating these higher visions or ideals into something more livable and human, including the humanness uh, in the ideals themselves. So what I mean by that, I was thinking about something I heard on like NPR. Um, it was an author of a book about an intentional like living community. And the author was talking about how in these intentional communities, the um, th there's a certain kind of uh, one, like children suffer from it because they, they're just kind of born into it. Um, but the community is built on these certain ideals and that sometimes the ideals take precedent over the humanness. Um, so there's a kind of sacrifice that can occur where it's like, emotions or personal resistances are coming up and it's like, no, take one for the team. Don't you remember the vision that we're doing here? Right. And so this can happen at a personal level where if you have a, a greater vision for your life, your architect, you know, you're architecturing that into existence, then maybe certain drives or impulses come up and you're like, no, no, we're doing this over here. Right. And so if that's how we live habitually, it puts a lot of other things into shadow. 
And so thinking about what kinds of worldviews, philosophies, like greater senses of understanding things um, can hold the humanness as well, which is also, you know, a complex particular tension to hold. Um, But I think, you know, as an example, spirituality that includes the body, you know, spirituality that has a mapping that includes the upper realm and spirit and peak experience, as well as the descent and the deeper rooting down and the shadow work. Like if both of those poles can be tended to that, you know, creates a very rich fabric of living and what kind of bigger picture context actually holds that. And I think that that's maybe what Saturn and Aquarius, this kind of like very architectural consciousness is holding in Mercury and Libra. It's like thinking in beautiful and structural ways, something that has a very vast context. September 5th, Venus in 24 degrees of Libra will square Pluto retrograde in 24 degrees of Capricorn at 8.07 p.m. So one thing I tuned into with this and something that I see, and I'm definitely not alone in seeing this, is that there is a rise of the feminine on the planet. The feminine principle has been suppressed, abused, extracted from, persecuted, etc. within patriarchy and like centuries of patriarchal conditioning. So here with Venus in her home sign of Libra, she is also conjunct the priestess goddess Vesta, um, protector of a sacred flame. I'm reflecting on how the feminine has always been here and has always been powerful regardless and regardless of how that has been put into shadow um, within a greater patriarchal system and then expressed in distorted ways. Um, as a result of being put in shadow. So the kind of um, consequences of really internalizing misogyny or internalizing patriarchy, whatever part of ourselves that is feminine, you know, there's a, a journey there of liberating that quality in a way that is free or has alchemized that uh, constriction so even the creative intelligence that feminine beings possess to say make themselves smaller or hide um, albeit you know this is a kind of magic albeit one inspired by negative circumstances what would it look like for the feminine to become bigger or for the feminine to exist more freely? In what ways can this be taking responsibility for honoring and tending to the magic? So at a really deep alchemical level, this is a practice that I've done in my own life um, for you know pretty much ever since I got into evolutionary astrology, but maybe in other ways more subtly before then is to really consider life from the perspective of I have everything I want, everything I'm experiencing, I've attracted, I've called in. Why? Right? What am I getting out of it? And this type of thinking is very um, controversial. And it's definitely not for leveraging in a way to... um, 
justify suffering in the world and like, oh, you know, they karmically called it in total misuse of it. For me, it's very personal. It's very um, personal power oriented. And I share it with people who want to be on that path themselves as well. Because what it is, is it's like looking deep into yourself, like deep into a well where you are so much more than this lifetime, this current avatar of your incarnation. And you think about yourself as like an alchemical adventurer. It's like, why did I jump into this particular circumstance? What's it for? Right. And so thinking about our particular kind of magic I, you know, this was why I was thinking like Venus and Libra, like she's, she's at home. She's in her, her realm facing off in this confrontational thing with this kind of like collective shadow. So just thinking about why does our personal power in whatever ways it has been distorted or suppressed, in what way was the the walls that we came up against, the conditions we came up against, part of that alchemical journey for ourselves. This square between Venus and Pluto is a last quarter square. And the last quarter square represents a crisis in consciousness as well as the capacity um, to break through the conditioning of the past and be creative in a truly novel or liberating way. So where we feel the call to uplift and honor the feminine it may occur in, occur in ways that are outside of the old system, as opposed to just turning the same system upside down or turning victim to persecutor. For example, even the concept of smashing the patriarchy is energetically born of patriarchal consciousness. And yes, this is my judgment here, uh, but it's still carrying the energetic of domination and control. Like I think that the the other kind of energetic that's being sought out that is different than the kind of cultural um, construct that patriarchy is, uh, you know, feminine forms of destruction are um, one example, I think, is like when something is so true like the force of truth itself, killing off the ego. And that sense of being humbled in that way. And so in the face, you know, even of like profound feeling, like the truth of our pleasure, the truth of our eros, the ways that that will burn off and destroy parts of our ego frameworks. And that's different than smashing the patriarchy. (laughs) It's a little bit like bowing to the goddess, you know? And that's a personal process too, (laughs) in terms of being committed to that deeper deeper truth inside or the deeper truth of the cosmos and being humbled by that. At an inner or personal level, this transit could bring up inner tensions around where we are powerful and always have been. 
and how this power has been distorted through cultural conditioning, Pluto and Capricorn, that we have previously colluded with in ignorance or by choice. What would it mean to hold the tension of this reclaimed power or inner truth without the need for demonization? What could it look like to tend to this reclaimed inner treasure and give it life that is freer than we previously imagined? And then September 6th, Mars in 24 degrees of Virgo will trine Pluto retrograde in 24 degrees of Capricorn, 5.19 a.m. Pacific. So against the backdrop of Mars also opposing Neptune and the potential for overwhelm in the face of a nebulous colossus that we spoke of earlier, the Mars-Pluto trine here speaks to a potential ease around experiencing personal growth by taking responsibility in a place that we were previously enacting neglect. Similar thing I've been saying. Venus in 25 degrees of Libra, trying Jupiter retrograde in 25 degrees of Aquarius at 6.05 a.m. Pacific. While the Venus-Pluto dynamic highlights shadow work or shadow integration or relates to a more primal dimension of the feminine, this Venus-Jupiter trine in air signs highlights more the upper realm of spirit, vision, ecstasy, and peak experience. So different than howling with your, uh, on your hands and knees in the dirt, <laughs> you know, like that being the more primal side and then like the upper realm of peak experience and ecstasy. Of course, both worlds do inform one another. As example, if we follow our highest excitement and live in relationship with our pleasure, our concept of what is exciting becomes all the more authentic and true to us where we have unraveled from social conditioning. So Pluto and Capricorn shadow work. Conversely, sometimes through following our conformity drives to their ends, pursuing a goal that we think we wanted and thought was for us only to realize it wasn't satisfying. You know, this can be a gateway to identifying a more free or liberating path for ourselves. So part of what I'm saying here is like even our concept of what constitutes a peak experience, what's pleasurable, what's pleasurable up in the upper realm is going to change depending on what work we've done in the descent unraveling uh, primordial realm. This Venus-Jupiter aspect also suggests growth in the realm of our of the heart, as well as capacity to value ourselves, receive love. Uh, receive blessings and resources and give these things as well. See where you are feeling called or have the opportunities to stretch here. You know, this can be about openness to receive as well as your generosity to give. And then lastly, we have the new moon in 14 degrees of Virgo. This happens at 5.52 p.m. on September 6th. And then at 6.29 p.m., the sun in Virgo will trine Uranus retrograde. So basically, Uranus is trying the new moon. There's a phenomenon that we can resist or avoid what's actually good for us. We're avoiding a chore only to realize how much flow or energy engaging it opens up. We're avoiding a new level of intimacy with ourselves 
only to feel the incredible opening and depth of that space when we touch it. Or avoiding a big opportunity out of fear only to feel alive when we lean into life. Conceptually, we may deprive these portal moments, which is, you know, the portal of leaning into the avoidance. Uh, We deprive these portal moments of value because we have an idea about them that results in us overlooking them. This is going to be a leap, but follow my logic. Much of our cosmological, religious, philosophical history contains threads of splitting the mind and spirit with the body. Right? Like our very lineage comes from this privileging of mind, mind over matter, um, being rational over being feeling, force over flow. Uh, you know, colonization in the sense of taking over lands and like the inner kind of extracting from ourselves because we have a mental concept that that's what we should be doing. And so that sense of like going forward with a great big idea, you know, at the expense of whatever's happening on the ground. A concept of being good that is not resist, like not giving into the temptations of the body, you know, sexual shame, which you may have encountered very directly in your like religious upbringing, or it may just be part of the culture. And I think the U.S. is very puritanical. Um, so depending on where you are, how you were raised, your culture, all of that, but there's this great lineage of, um, you know, man over nature, mind over body, right? So this split has often privileged the mind or spirit and at extremes demonized the body, connecting the body to lower drives, impurity, sin, all of this. And what if this pattern is just a profound form of resistance? Even if you take the view, like I do, that the soul reincarnates and inhabits multiple bodies, joining more deeply with the body in this life is like making the choice to incarnate even deeper and thus actually really be here. You know, it's kind of like, why get so full into this incarnation if I'm just going to die and enter a different body? It's disposable. As opposed to like, well, we're here now. This is who we are. This is like our lifetime now. So going way deep into it. Kind of same Virgo logic of like, why sweep the floor if they're just going to get dirty and I'm going to have to sweep again? Like that sense of uh, overlooking the temporary in favor of something eternal. As opposed to really honoring the way that the eternal and the temporary bond and there's like a alchemical union in that that both grow richer because of the other 
So keep following my logic. When we resist tasks or chores or things that require our attention in this life, this is another fractal form of avoiding actually being here. Here's a vessel of a situation that I'm refusing to pour my energy and attention into. Right? And you can have value systems and things that you don't give your energy to, things that you don't invest in. And there's a discernment in that. I'm talking about something that is there for you, but is being avoided by you. So as we take the leap and give ourselves to the process, the craft, the task, the thing we're avoiding in ourselves, it can actually open up a deeper experience that feels spiritual, even though the act itself may not actually be like that spiritual in nature, according to our normal mental schema. This is akin to setting up an altar or creating a ritual space. The physical creation of the space or the concrete activities that signal the ritual opening create an invitation for spirit to enter. This lunation trines Uranus and Taurus, further emphasizing this portal concept that through simple or basic acts, new worlds can be contacted. Within embodiment, just interacting more deeply with the body, with the soma, with what is already present here, and getting deeper into the texture of the sensations and the aliveness within us, we enter into deeper layers of self-gnosis. Cultivating our environment or tending to the details of our lives, we experience new layers of radical belonging in our nervous system, in the way that we are from a realm of potential or disembodied potential, bringing it down into the earth or bringing it down into the body or bringing it down into the way that we are giving life to the things in our world. So I hope that you enjoyed. I forgot to say at the beginning to please like this video and comment. Let me know what you think. Subscribe to my channel, hit the notification bell so that you get notified uh, when videos come out and do check out the evolutionary astrology intensive. We begin in November enrollments open. Um, and I'm really excited to begin this journey with a new group of you who are feeling called so much love. Happy new moon.